than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Look out, Captain. A nuclear missile, guided by a blind man in a wheelchair. We're going to die. Relax. It's just the typical confusion podcast hosted by Jim Holiday. Oh my god, he's so sexy and cute. Come to me, Jimmy. Look out, Captain. A nuclear missile, guided by a blind man in a wheelchair. We're going to die. Relax. It's just the typical confusion podcast hosted by Jim Holiday. Oh my god, he's so sexy and cute. Come to me, Jimmy. I just ran into a non-accessible app for the blind, and it's called Wisdom. It's for a podcast community. The app sign-up process is very tricky. Thanks once again to Gwendolyn Harper for her podcast donation. Love is showing patience and understanding when someone is learning a new language. Love is opening your doors to others without expecting anything in return. My definition of love is when someone acknowledges how I identify. Love is when true allies protect my voice. The Typical Confusion Podcast is closing in on episode 200 of its illustrious career. Now, I realize that there are more than 200 shows up there. Don't count the radio classics. They're not live content. This is episode 175. So we are 25 episodes away from episode 200. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Radio Man Jimbo. Just wanted to introduce myself and uh, let you guys know that I finally decided to come on board. And uh, pretty much, I might as well let everybody know about my podcast. I have a podcast on most of your podcast platforms. It's called Typical Confusion Podcast. And you can check it out. It's there. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TCPC Radio or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash typical confusion podcast radio. I'm going to do my best and figure out what I'm going to talk about. And uh, you guys just enjoy the ride and we'll see you soon. What you just heard was my very first TikTok video. I have a pet peeve. Facebook's dating profile setup is not accessible for a visually impaired person. I signed up for it. I put a profile up. I can see potential people to contact, but I have no way of contacting them because I have no way of knowing what buttons to hit. Everything is geared toward a sighted world, and I understand why. But people need to realize that there are people who need it just as much as the quote-unquote normal world. App accessibility has become a big issue when it comes to operation of mobile apps for a lot of products that we use on a daily basis. I've ran into several. Wisdom is one of them. I thought there was supposed to be a standard so that all apps would be accessible for the visually impaired. Apparently, that hasn't gone into effect yet. Somebody needs to get moving and make these apps standard so that everyone can use them. Okay, folks, we're back to normal. And um, we're on the regular console. But the Boss Jock app is pretty cool because you can actually mix the things in directly 
from your Dropbox. So if you have music, you can actually do a whole production with this app and make it sound professional. That is pretty darn cool. Uh, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, SPL, Station Playlist Studio, for the iPhone. That is pretty slick. So I just wanted to share this with you guys. A couple of things I forgot to mention earlier, so I'm going to do it now. Um, like I said in the broadcast, I finally got my uh, health insurance back to the way it was before with my aide coming in five days a week instead of having to pay her for one or two days a week, and that was a disaster. But now that is um, that's taken care of. It's a good thing. They had to send a nurse out to finalize the paperwork. So they sent a lady by the name of Alicia out who works for the insurance company, which is Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. So she comes in. She does her thing. And I... This is the funny part about the whole story. She didn't know much about the iPhone, and she had an iPhone 6S, I believe it was. So I'm helping her, and I'm adjusting stuff, and I put her apps back where they were supposed to be. I reset the home screen, so on and so forth, that kind of thing. She didn't even have Siri set up, so I set Siri up. She didn't even have the fingerprint feature set up she allowed me to show her how to set up the fingerprint so that she could lock her husband out of the iphone i thought that was so strange and she says oh i'm gonna show my two-year-old son how to you know i'll put his fingerprint on i'm like why is she locking out her her own husband now, when I thought about it, I said, well, she's got confidential information in there. Maybe he, she doesn't want him snooping in the confidential information, and maybe she's got some things in there that aren't work-related. Maybe she's goofing around on him. I don't know. But it was just a strange thing. What you guys just heard was a podcast archive that's from episode five and six. I had to redo those recordings, so I included it in this edition so the archive would not get lost. There's an old-time radio actor who is buried about nine miles from my house. His name is Lester Joseph Damon. He was born March 31st, 1908, and died July 21st, 1962. He died in Los Angeles and was flown all the way down here to be buried near me. He's about nine miles from my house. He had a 30-year career in radio. He was on programs like the First Precinct, the First Precinct, I mean the 21st Precinct, The Adventures of the Falcon, and The Fat Man. When I found out he was buried here, I was like, wow. I was so shocked. His wife is actually buried in Kinderhook, Illinois. 
Just to let everyone know, my mom is doing much better. She went to the doctors on the 31st. They took a look at her kneecap that she had reconstructed. Things are healing along fine. They now allow her to bend it to a degree. They have to wait till it fully heals before you can fully bend the knee, but she is able to bend it somewhat. That must have been a pretty scary experience, falling over a computer cord and fracturing your kneecap. The technology has come such a long way that they can now put it back together and people can walk, whereas 10 years before, that would have not been possible. Thank God for technology. I am a Buzzsprout affiliate, which means if a person signs up with my referral link, they get a $20 Amazon gift card, and then the show hosts get a $25 commission on each new sign-up. You'll find the link in the show notes. I'm starting my own journal. I'm using an app called Day One. They have premium services. And of course, I can't afford it because my budget is shoestring thin. I'm a true crime junkie. I followed Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid. And now Unsolved Mysteries has a podcast. And they talk about all these murders and these strange occurrences that happen to people. I see things sometimes. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But there are times where I'm in my bedroom and I'll look up and it looks like I'm seeing a form above me. I don't know if it's a reflection or if it's my imagination. Sometimes there's no light in the room and I still see this form. When I was 10 years old. I had leg surgeries about two months before my great-grandmother died. When I was recovering, I could have sworn I saw her bending over my bed. My aunt saw the same vision in her dreams. Here's another story for you. When I was 17 years old, I went to a summer college program. At the time, I was doing some stuff that wasn't quite legal. I was breaking into voicemail systems with friends of mine, and we got caught. To make a long story short, they ended up not wanting me or my friends. They wanted this other girl, Kim, because she had cursed out the administrator of the company that we stole from. I remember my father coming up to Drew University and giving me what for love is supporting people in pursuing their dreams no matter their abilities love is when we create safe spaces for black women unsolved mysteries Out of deference to persons who may still be living, character names in some of these true unsolved mysteries have been changed. The moving finger writes, and having writ moves on, 
Nor all thy piety nor wit can lure it back to cancel half a line. Nor all thy tears wash out a word of it. In all the history of crime and criminals, the truth of that quotation was never better proved than in the amazing case of Bela Kees, the mystery man of Europe. The year 1914. The scene is the office of the chief of police in Budapest. The chief is seated behind his desk, while in the doorway stands a woman. Her face is white. Terror stares from her eyes and her hands tremble as she tears her tiny handkerchief to pieces. But, chief, you must believe me. Your assistant does not. But I tell you, someone will be killed if you do not listen to what I have to say. Now, sit down, my child. Calm yourself. Are you ready to listen to your story? Last night I went to the theater. I sat next to a gentleman. He looked like a gentleman. We spoke about the program, you understand? I understand. And having spoken to him about the program, he suggested you have supper? Well, yes, he went for a drive in his motor car. And he asked you how you'd like to visit his home? Yes, sir, but how... Uh, how do I know? Huh. It's always the same story. Of how much money did he rob you? Money, sir. I had no money. He did not rob me. He, he tried to kill me. It was horrible. I nearly died of fright. Ah, uh, no, no. Complete the story. I went to his home. My castle it was. He asked if I would like to have my fortune told. I said yes. He told me to gaze in the crystal globe. But first he gave me some pale yellow wine to drink. Ah, uh, yeah? Go on. I felt my senses sleeping away from me. I was staring hard in the crystal. A shadow, I know not what, made me glance in the mirror. I saw him. He stood behind me, his eyes glaring, green they were, eyes of fire, his face almost black. And in his hand he held a piece of green silk cord. It was looped and had a slipped knot. He was going to slip it over my head. Yes, and then? Then I fainted. The next thing I knew, I was flying among the shrubbery and earth cut apart. Uh, very well, we will look into the matter. You, you do not believe me, do you? Oh, I would not say that. No, I... Uh... Someday you will regret. Goodbye. Three weeks later, a wealthy society woman tells a similar story to the Budapest chief of police. Four weeks later, another. In each instance, the description given by the women of the castle, of the fiend who drugged them, is the same. The world war breaks out, and the police department is disrupted. But the citizens of Vienna and Budapest are terrified at the alarming number of missing women. On farms, in gardens, behind hedges, in abandoned buildings, bodies in various stages of decomposition are found... And all are bodies of women. The chief is frantic, and with a woman assistant and two detectives scouring the countryside in search of a building that will answer the description of the castle, he meets a government official. 
Well, Chief, what are you doing out here? Seeing the country? Well, what are you doing here? The government has ordered the seizure of all gasoline for the war, you see. I'm detailed to this district. I'm in a few minutes going to that castle upon the hill. Oh, the castle? Uh, may we go with you? Certainly. It will be a pleasure. Oh, uh, this is uh, Herr Hartmann. Mm. He is the gentleman who told us there was gasoline stored at the castle. But get into the car. We should be off. Oh, yes, indeed. I am very much here around here. It's an unusual country. You know, there is a tragic story behind that castle. Yes? Indeed, yeah. Bela Kiss, he owned the castle. It's a very beautiful wife. They were so happy. Everybody in the village was happy in their love. But alas. Yeah, what? She disappeared. Poor Bela Kiss was desolate. She had run away with a younger man. It was terrible. Well, what, uh, what did he look like, this Bela Kees? He was a handsome man, tall, elegant, thin-faced, I would say, and black-haired, high cheekbones. Ah, it's the same man. It's the description given by these different women. All right, you're looking for him. Yeah, we certainly are. But go on. What is the finish to the story? An old woman went to do the cleaning at the castle. Bela Kees told her she must not go into a certain room. Regular Bluebeard story. But the old woman, like all old women, was inquisitive. She looked. And saw what? Five big vats. We have good reason to believe these vats contain gasoline. Oh, but here we are at the place. We'll soon know for certain. Out of the car pour the officers. The empty castle rings to their footsteps as they make their way to the forbidden room. Strangely enough, the key is in the lock. The door creaks. There are the five vats against the wall. A strong odor of alcohol. They move forward and look into the vats. Horror stamps their faces as they see in each vat a naked woman, and around each neck the bluish mark made by the strangler's cord. Name of all the saints. Where is the rest? This, this is ghastly. I, I have come to find gasoline, and I find five corpses. Five? Yes, but with all the corpses found throughout the city. The garden. Get the men to dig the gas. I shall have it done. On the instant, I shall have it done. Yes, and you have, uh, you know of this monster, this Belakis. Where is he? He, he was killed in the war. Twenty-six bodies of women were found buried in Belakis's garden. Over 160 pawn tickets relating to the women's wearing apparel and jewelry. Furious that death in the war had cheated him the capture of the monster, the chief returned to Budapest and tried to forget the horror of the five vats. The war over, the chief is sitting in his office when through the door bursts the woman who had first warned him of Belakis. I have seen him. I saw him today, not half hour ago. Why, who? What are you talking about? The man who tried to kill me at the castle. I saw him, I tell you. Oh, impossible. I have checked the war records. He was killed in Serbia in 1916. See, here are the records. I have kept them. Belakis. Died of wounds, August 9th, 1916. I do not care. Do you think I could forget him? Never, never, I tell you. He is alive, this thing. But it is impossible, I tell you. Bela Kees is dead. But soon the chief was to doubt his vehement assertions, for within a month he was to hear another story of a woman almost strangled under identical circumstances, although at a different place from the now empty castle. Besides this, the terror of missing women returned to haunt the citizens, and once again the decomposed bodies of long-dead women were found in desolate places. In just a moment, you will hear a solution to the strange case of Bela Keith, the mystery man of Europe. Thank you. 
gentlemen, inasmuch as any solution must of necessity be supposition, liberties of time, place, and character have been taken in the solution for which you have been waiting. The solution of why the murders continued in the same manner as before Belakis's reported death in the war is taken from the statements of the chief of police of Budapest, who supplied the information, which, to the best of our belief, has never been published in American newspapers. The scene is the hospital in which Belakis had been reported as having died of wounds. The chief of police, remembering how the first woman had warned him of the fiend's activities, determines to carry his investigation further than the official army records reporting death. The chief questions a nurse. You, of course, know the murders in and around Vienna and Budapest. Yes, naturally. Although, like everyone else on war service, I was too busy to really keep up with the report. Well, we did not give all our information to the press. We decided we would have more success by keeping something secret. I can understand that. Now, this man, fiend is a better name has probably been responsible for the death of over 300 women. I would like to find out if there are any hospital records other than the official report of Bela Key's death. You don't mean that Bela Key's is the man you suspect? I do. In fact, it isn't suspicion. It is an established fact. But that's impossible. I nursed Bela Key till he died. And a young and pious-minded boy of 20 could hardly... 20? Why, Bela Key's was over 40. Not the Bela Key's who died here in this hospital. He was a young boy, I tell you, and I know I nursed him till he died. Ah, then I have the solution. How badly wounded was Belakis when he was brought here? There never was any hope that he might recover. Anyone could have seen that he must die. And Belakis, the real Belakis, undoubtedly exchanged his identification disc and papers with the wounded man, knowing full well that the young boy would be buried as Belakis. And he, the monstrous wretch, free to pursue his murderous career unhindered. Ah, but I'll get him. I'll get him. Back to Budapest races the chief. For four days, he works feverishly, taking no one into his confidence, but ordering his men to stand by. One night to a house on the outskirts of town, drive two police cars filled with officers. The chief leads the way from the back of the house to one of the upper rooms. Now, listen, you men. Listen. I want absolute silence. I... uh... I am decided in my own mind that Bela Kiss has trapped the various women he has killed by advertisements in the papers. So I decided to use his methods and inserted this advertisement. I read it. Young woman, widow, with moderate fortune, and with moderately good looks, desires company of men of culture, preferably 40 or over, but be tall and dark, object matrimony. And you expect Bela Kiss to answer that? He has answered it. He'll be here. A taxi at the door. A man is getting out. Ah, jeez, Bela Keys. He looked up. He's getting back into the taxi. Ah, after him, please. Down the stairs rush the police. The taxi with Bela Keys standing on the running board speeds toward the river with the police car in pursuit. He's going to shoot. Get him. Get him. Bela Keys slumps. He's hit, but he hangs on. The taxi reaches the bridge. Another burst of bullets. Several shots take effect, but with one last effort, Bela Keith throws himself from the taxi, pulls himself over the parapet of the bridge, falls like a plummet, ah! and disappears forever under the foaming waters of the Danube. And so, coincidence, the World War, a search for gasoline, a nurse who remembered a patient, provide the solution for a 15-year-old unsolved mystery. Bela Keith, the mystery man of Europe. Thank you.